Hi, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Never Gets Old podcast. I'm your host, Matt Jackson, and today joining me for a chat is a friend of ours, Jared Brown. Uh, he is a freelance illustrator, but also the creator of Darkstream Studios, and you would also know his name from his comic strip, Coffee and Beef Sticks. Uh, you can go to www.coffeeandbeefsticks.com, check him out, or check him out on Facebook. Uh, but yeah, he popped in to, to have a chat about doing conventions and uh, a little bit brief history on his career so far. Uh, but have a listen. Tell me what you think. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and look for us on Facebook. And look for him on Facebook, too. He's a great guy. So enjoy my chat with Jared Brown. So what's new and exciting since Sunday? <clears throat> I almost finished working on uh, those toy backs. We're going to be doing oh, ten of them. So I just finished the first one. That's the hardest one now. Everything is just swapping all the information back and forth into all the new. Because he's got like five bad guys, five good guys. So I did one of the bad guys to start with. Backs. Now what is that? Like card backs. To what? This guy uh, creates his own toys. He actually... He's old school. He worked... Um, he was there at Image as an editor and stuff. He's friends with Jim Lee, Silvestri, stuff like that. I was like, you're kidding. He goes, yeah. He goes, I know Jim. Jim and I are good friends. I was just talking to him. Like, shut up. <laughs> but then he's got guys he knows from Mattel, Hasbro, IDW, uh, the Four Horsemen um, uh, toys. They were the guys that made those really cool He-Man figures a few years back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they really they went all out with the... Uh the mythology, too, because they went back to the first He-Man. Yeah. I can't remember what he was called. but He was Grayskull. That's, that was... was well, they, King Grayskull or something like that? Yeah. That's basically when He-Man... When Prince Adam becomes He-Man, he's not really He-Man. He's an avatar of Grayskull, which is really cool. Like, that kind of explains why he grows. And he... Like, well, the newer version, he's like more of a, what, 15-year-old kid, and he turns into an adult... So he's like an avatar more than anything. Ah, like Thor. Remember when they would do that with Thor? Yeah. Yeah, they did that, and they did that with Billy Batson and everything, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's neat, because, you know, I remember being a kid, and I got He-Man toys. I got... He-Man was the first that I got, and it was before the cartoon. So they had the, um, you know, the comics that would come in them. Yeah. And the first issue was written by the guy who created He-Man. And I remember reading it and going, oh, wow, this is really very Dungeons and Dragons. You know, and I didn't have any reference at the time, but I remember thinking it was really dark. And they established that He-Man had one, one half of a sword and Skeletor had the other half. <clears throat> I remember that. Remember? And then they would sell Skeletor with the purple half of the sword, and it was supposed to clip together with He-Man's half. Yeah. But they abandoned that right away, which really sucked, because then I was stuck with He-Man with only half of a, a sword. And when you watch the original cartoon, I remember they really made that sword seem like it was just the coolest thing in the world to have. 
It was longer than the stubby little sword that the toy came with. Remember? Mm, vaguely. I did find out, too, that apparently Skeletor is actually uh, He-Man's uncle. Uncle, yep. Yeah, he's Randor's brother. And I can't th- What the heck was his name? Because they actually gave him a name and came out with the figure of him pre-Skeletor. Well, when the, yeah, they did the uh, the new 2002 batch he got. Um, what was his name? Because he even had like his he had like a um, a Mandarin type uh, uh, mustache and thing going on there too. I remember. Yeah, he was very much like the Mandarin. What and Keldor. Keldor. Very good. Yep. Did you look it up? Is that what you did? Yeah, I did. Alias is Overlord of Evil, Lord of Destruction. Yeah, DC Comics publisher. I didn't know that. I remember going to... Uh, oh, sure, because they did a crossover very early on with uh, Superman. Superman ends okay. up on Eternia and fights with uh, Superman or He-Man at first. Yeah. Um, yeah, King Randor half brother. Yeah, yeah, and then with that newer cartoon, they which I thought was fantastic. Uh, the fighting was better, but they really got into myth- the mythology of it all. The new one, the two thousand two one. Uh, yes, yes, that was a really good time. I love that show, and that's why I went and collected all the figures and everything. And I finally just got rid of all of them after all this time. I, really? Yeah. See, I still have mine from the eighties, and I. After a while, hung on to the actual plastic bubble, uh, you know, container that they came in. Yeah, because I was so paranoid. I went, I went through a He-Man, and I ended up getting a new one, so I kept him clean. Uh, but remember, they would come out like every year. They'd come out with different He-Man. There was He-Man Battle Armor, He-Man. Yeah, yeah, had uh, them all. Samurai they, version. I had a Samurai Battle Cat. I had the normal Battle Cat. They had um, many faces. I had two or three of them because they would rotate the faces in the packaging. So if you got lucky, you got the monster one instead of the normal one in the package. Oh, okay. You know, because collectors, you don't take them out of the package. Sure. So if his head's turned, that's it. But if you get one, I had the rare one where he, whatever, which face it was, was turned. I think it was the, I don't know if it was the robot one or the monster one. Huh. But, yeah, there was all kinds of stuff like that they did. Uh, and I loved my He-Man. I remember the cartoon. It, it ticked me off because they would use stock footage, and whenever they had He-Man get knocked down, it didn't. It didn't matter if he was inside a building or outside. They always used the tuck and roll footage of yeah. out outside with like a jungle background. Yep. And I'll never forget watching it. Like, oh, he's fighting Skeletor at Castle Grayskull. Oh, man, it's, he's going to... And then he gets knocked down and he tucks and rolls. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I just saw that two episodes ago. And, yep. You know. That's how they got cheap with it. That's uh, Basically, He-Man was created for toys. That's right. all it was. So they weren't putting a lot of money into production for those cartoons. And that's why you kept seeing... Like, it was always that scene, too, where the camera was, like, kind of down on the ground... And you'd see his feet kind of heading toward the camera, and they'd do the jump, and you'd see that like a yes. hundred times. Yes. Yep. Yeah, and then, uh, uh, yeah, I I had most of the toys, and I remember getting Stinkor. Stinkor actually smelled. My mom threw him out. If I found him today, I'm pretty sure he would still have an odor. She, he was in the kitchen. He, he was on top of the fridge. I remember we put him there because he was starting to smell, and she wanted to put him up so we weren't playing with him. 
he smelled the entire kitchen up, and she ended up bagging him and throwing him out because his, his toy just smelled so bad. So they did a good job with it, at least. Honestly. <laughs> and, and Moss Man, I had, which was just uh, Beast Man with green yeah. crap stuck to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I even I remember getting um, um, the Sorceress, and that was later on. I'm like, why did they never come out with the Sorceress? They came out with with the bird version of her, yeah, having. But then eventually they came out with the actual Sorceress. They don't like making female figures because they still and they still are doing it now. I just read a thing where Shane Black said that originally Iron Man three, yes, the villain was supposed to be the was supposed to be uh, what's her name. And they didn't. They made it uh, the guy because they wouldn't have been able to sell the action figures. I'm like, why? So what is the problem? It's so stupid. I hate. I hate that mentality with all my heart. So many collectors go crazy for the female, and I think it's because there are so few of them. They just jump all over it. But and like you know, the whole thing with Ray for Star Wars, like people are flipping out. Like, where's the Ray toys? And it's like. I'm not even like the the big you know we need more women. I'm just like, why would you just not do it? Right. Well, like, what about remember when Age of Ultron came out? They came out with the plane where the the motorcycle came out of the bottom, and instead of it being uh, Black Widow, they had Cap on there. Yeah. Like, come on, stop doing. Yeah. It. It's, it sounds so sexist and so disconnected from people who collect toys. Yeah. And, you know, hey, God forbid a, a girl wants to play with an action figure. I mean, yeah, who cares? Or, and she loves her, her, you know, guys that she has. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just don't get And that's why they're now breaking down uh, uh, toy sections in the stores now. They're not going to be a boy and a girl section. Everything's just getting all thrown together now and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I, don't, I wonder how that'll work because if you... I think- kind of breaks it down more like you're looking for Barbie or you're looking for G.I. Joe. I'm not looking for Barbie next to G.I. Joe and vice versa. I know where the G.I. Joe line is. I know where the Barbie line is. Right. So it's, it's just kind of dumb. It can just, it, it, you know, I'm thinking of like a Walmart aisle, and you're right. It does go girl, 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 boy, boy, boy. Well, that middle aisle, you can just mesh together with some stuff because there is stuff that just crosses genders that right, yeah. it doesn't matter. Uh, so, I mean, you know, I I think we're at a point, at least I hope, where the rest of the world seems to be catching up with stupid stuff like that. I mean, think about five, uh, ten years ago. Do you think we would have had a Avengers movie, let alone, a, you know, all these other Batman versus Superman, etc. type of stuff, you know? That was the jump again. I mean, like, Iron Man really kicked off the... The run for it all again. It's just like like 2008 was like our new 1991, 92 comic boom all over again. But instead of it being the comics, the movies kicked it over. But the thing that pisses me off now is you've got everybody who didn't collect comics coming in and complaining. It's like, well, I want Iron Man to be gay, or I want him to be black, or a woman, or it's like, and they're messing. They're trying to pander to people to do this. You're pandering to a minority, a very vocal minority of people that probably aren't even buying the stuff. They just are trying to further an agenda. And it's if you want a gay character, if you want a black character, great. Make them. Nobody's going to give you crap about that. But don't make them Iron Man. Don't make them Superman. Make your own character. And that's not what they're doing. Absolutely. Chris Ring and I 
uh, Sunday after I was talking to you on, on the way out, I stopped and was shooting the bull with Chris Ring. And we got on that topic, and we were talking about how Wally West. I'm like, you know, because we were talking about how with the rebirth of DC and how they're trying to go back and, like, you know, fix some changes they shouldn't have changed, et cetera. And he goes, I always loved Wally West. That's not my Wally West anymore. Yeah. I said the exact same thing you did. I said, I don't mind black, gay, Asian, purple characters. I, I don't care. Right. Except when you take a well-established, much-loved, even if he's not much-loved, uh, misused, hardly-used character, and you change his ethnicity to fit an agenda, I'm ticked. I yep. hate that. I'd much, give, give me, remember what they did with the uh, Blue Beetle? They gave us a brand-new Blue Beetle because Ted Cord was dead. Right. No problem, because they're not trying to say his name is Ted Cord. Right. Yeah, he's a, he was a brand-new character. Like, character. Spider-Man 2099, I hated Miles Morales. Basically because people, I felt, was like it was just shoving down my throat. Like, Here, like this ethnic character. Take this guy. He's a new spin on Spider-Man. No, he's not. Look at, look at uh, 2099. Yep. It was Miguel O'Hara. I love Miguel O'Hara, but he's not Peter Parker. Right. Now, Miles wasn't Peter, but you're still, you've got him right next to Spider-Man now. Right. And look at all those people that, how many months ago, were freaking out. It's like, we want Miles to be in the Captain America movie, and now you hear absolutely nothing. Well, imagine this. Just, and I, I try to always think about every side of it, but picture, if you will, them taking a black character, just for example, because I'm thinking of some that I love, and make it cyborg a white guy, or let not even go to that the extreme of white, whitewashing. Let's have him be Chinese. Yep. Or, why? It's yeah. It's stupid. I wouldn't want to see Victor Stone become anybody else. Like Victor Stone, right. that was like with Spawn. I mean, I like Spawn. That was an African American. Great. Terry Fitzgerald was an African. I was not happy in the movie that they cast. The white guy for the part. Now, McFarlane had said, I did it because this guy was a better fit for the party. I'm like, no. Come on, you couldn't go out and find somebody to play, you know, Terry Fitzgerald in the movie. I mean, he wasn't even like a super big deal for the comic as it was. I mean, he was a guy that married Spawn's wife, but right. it was still all about Wanda. Terry was just sort of, you know, he was the best friend. He was there, but there was no need to put him in there. And the same with a kingpin. I wasn't happy about Michael Clark Duncan, but he did a good job. He did do but a good he's job. still he not. Film. It didn't feel right. Right. Well, <clears throat> I, a TV show has taught us that you know, yeah, they, they did an excellent job with that. But at the time, I I never had a problem with with Michael Clark Duncan, and I always bought that they did it because he was good for the part, not because he was a black guy. He was a giant of a... Yes, he was just a giant man that played a big... And he was. He was a great actor, and I loved watching him and all kinds of stuff. Idris Elba, fantastic actor. Loved him. They keep pushing him for Bond. I'm like, he's not James Bond. Right. I don't... He, and Doctor Who. Don't forget, they're also trying to get him to be Doctor Who. And I'm like, stop. Uh, no. Stop. It's... It, you know, I don't even like the current Doctor Who. I haven't watched his new... His first season was so boring, I was like, no, this is... No. The next season was better, but... But I wanted the guy from the uh, the IT crowd. I don't know his name. He's got the crazy hair, the afro, and he's got the glasses. Oh, I can't think of... He would have been a fantastic 
Doctor Who. Hmm. Well, like, I, and again, I mean, the Who can be whoever. Right. But... But, I mean, let's... let's uh, you know, everybody wants to be celebrated for the, their diversity, and that's fine. But let's yep. also let people who are who they are or characters that are established celebrate that, too. Yep. Like, if we want everybody to be equal, you don't get to only celebrate certain you know, ethnicities or genders or whatever. Let's make everything even. Oh, even with Doctor Strange now, they cast Tilda Swanton. I thought that was stupid. Yeah, yeah. That should have gone to an elderly Asian man. So, oh, you think they'd be able to find one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, it, why would you need to put her in there? And then they turn more, what's, uh, not more to uh, the other one. No, that wasn't it, Mordu? Baron... Mordu, yeah. Yeah. And they made him an African-American. That was stupid as well. He, he doesn't fit. You know, even with Thor, I, I was confused. Like, they put the... But, I mean, they did have an Asian guy part of um, the Warriors 3. Yeah. So, But that still never made sense to me. It's like, he's not even near Nordic anything. Like, what does that... How does that fit? But that's what they did, so... And then they actually explained, like, he had his own world. Like, he wasn't part of, you know... Thor's world. Oh, okay. Remember that? You didn't see the second one, did you? Or no? After they yeah. fight the, the big rock beast and, and Thor, you know, takes his head off and shatters him and turns and says, who's next? And they all yeah. their weapons. Mm -hmm. uh, he talks to him and he goes, you know, I understand you should go. He goes, but you need me. He goes, no, I can take it from here. You go take care of your, your uh, realm. And I'll catch you later. And then oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen that one since it came out. Actually, I have to sit and watch that one again. It it it's you know, I wanted to see it in the theaters, but at the time, Mikey wasn't old enough to because now he's my movie buddy. I could take him to most of those. Yeah. But um, at the time, you know, I'm like, well, who am I gonna go with? I don't have anybody. And before I knew it, I just it was out of the theater. But I bought it blindly, of course, because it's a Marvel movie. So I just. The moment it came out, I'm like, "Yep, it was it was fun. I liked it. It's still not as highly regarded, but I still liked it. Me too. I had no problem with it. You I know? still haven't seen Captain America three. Oh, wait until you do. I know, I know. Crap. I'm going this week. We'll talk. Um, um, yum, yum, yum. So, wait, I, I I got lots of stuff to actually talk to you about, but I want to do some brief history for the people that are listening now. You, I want to touch on all your stuff, but you're in Jessup right now? No. No? Nope. I'm in Nescapec. Is that where you're from? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Uh, I was going to ask you. Oh, coffee and beef sticks. Mm hmm. Tell me where that came from. Uh, well, I've always kind of dabbled with the little cartoons here and there just messing around and but I, I I've always been kind of like tossed back and forth I, I wanted to draw comics didn't quite get to it because I'm, I'm like more of those I want to get it done quick and for me to sit here and draw a page every day and not do anything else it was kind of rough because I'm doing all the other artwork so you know the next thing down would be kind of doing just a strip something simple but I would always draw pictures of a couple of my buddies making fun and Everyone's like, oh, you should do a comic strip. So I started building it, and 
Um, I, I gave the I put the alien into it because you know, normally you've got a strip where they've got like a talking animal or something like the sure. dog or something. You know, Brian from Family Guy, that kind of thing. And I'm like, I don't want another talking animal. I, what else can I put in there that's going to be kind of odd? So I put the alien in instead. So that gives you access to like science fiction jokes and you know he's he's done things where he's altered their DNA, turned uh, turned the one guy into a cow, the other one into a chicken. Things, just stupid things I can play off of that are easier than you know, doing that. And uh, the name came from me just sitting there one morning trying to figure out what it was I was going to name it, and I was drinking coffee and eating uh, a beef stick. So very disgusting combination, but it worked. Yeah, yeah, but. You were cleaned out. <laughs> yep. Um, and you put Mike in there. Yeah, yeah. I gave him a. I took his middle name there, so he's Franklin. Yeah. The, just, yep. The uh, drawing of him is is very good. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a good cartoon version. Yeah, like if you look at him from like I've really changed the style too from the first couple strips to now, and a lot of it I've been working on just because um, I think Jim Davis a lot of them do it where they create a. Um, like a character library of drawings, and if you're trying to get these out fast enough, you just go, you pick one that he's, if he's just standing there or sitting on the couch or whatever else, you just reuse that again, change the color of a shirt or something. Talking about like you know. Garfield or, or just in general, well, you could see like if you look at a lot of Jim Davis stuff, like Garfield standing, he's sitting, he's yeah, eating. He has it's, a certain uh, normal because I used to draw him for fun too. Right, and it always looks the same. He's got a library, I and mean, he just goes, he picks a picture of him eating, slaps it in there, and he writes the joke. I mean, you just in a time constrained thing, you got to boom, 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 get him out. And as you're drawing, I mean, I mean, there are times when you need him doing a specific thing. You might not have the drawings, so you have to draw it out. But it does help if you've got pre-drawn stuff, and you can just throw them back together in for a quick strip. So I don't get on them nearly as much as I can because I'm working on like five different things. So, well, hey, if that's the you know that's the problem is being busy with what yeah, that's, that's okay. Yep. Now, do you do you just post them on Facebook or? No, I have a .com. I have a coffee and beef sticks .com. Well, I'm looking at the card right here, and I looked at they have the Facebook logo next to it, so that's where my mind went. But yes, mm-hmm. www.coffeeandbeefsticks.com. Yep. Um. See, because I I do mine and I have to get back to it, but I'm working on this big um, oh collage picture, you know mm-hmm. the, the um the the picture of all the I think I showed you all the different uh, comic book people, Marvel and DC. Yeah, I think I remember something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm doing like something like that. So it's basically all the characters that me and my co-hosts. Uh, love and just to, it, the idea of having them in a room interacting with each other, like you know, uh, it'd be a lot of fun to sit there and watch George Jetson, like you know, have a conversation with uh, He Man or like, something, you know, or yeah, like that sort of thing. Like yeah. a lot of superheroes for me, it's a lot of uh, well, think about the podcast, TV, movies, comics, and and music. So all the people I love, I made sure I got in there for the most part and then uh checking with the other guys because it used yeah. to be uh nick that used to do it with me so okay at the time i started this i'm like all right you like who sonic and uh mario okay i'll fit them in i don't know how they're going to interact with <laughs> you know the ghostbusters but okay and 
then, you know, now I have Nathan. So luckily we're kind of on the same path of what we like, so I don't have to change it all that much. But it's a collage, so I can, once I do it, mix and match. And now the website that I use, um, Sumo Paint, to do all that sort of... It's not a bad one. Yeah, I think I know that one. They changed their homepage, so usually I could just click sign in using Facebook. Well, now they're like, yeah, we, they don't have that there. So I had to send them an email going, I don't remember what my password is. Help me. <laughs> There's like a couple of programs you can get that are con- they're very comparable to like Photoshop. Yeah. And they're only like, like one of them's Pixelmator or something like that. It's like 30 bucks, 40 bucks. Very affordable for people that just can't afford the... Well, that's why I picked Sumo Paint, because at first, to do so much, it was free. But then I got to a point where I'm like, ugh, crap. All right, I, I, just to make it easier, here's 10 bucks, leave me alone type of a thing. Yeah. You know, so once I get back on that, I'm going to work on finishing the color. Because I already have, I had to draw everybody, and then I had to color everybody in. Yep. And, uh, I'm at the point where I have to cut them out digitally, and then place them and size them, and yeah, it's a friggin' nightmare because then all of a sudden the program will go boom and shut down on me. If I didn't save anything or you know save enough, I'm SOL. You know, but then mm-hmm. my, my my main thing is okay. After that, go back to the comic strip, and now instead of what I used to do is take pictures around town and then put the drawings, you know, in front of it so it looked instead of having to do a background. Nice. Yeah, and I thought it kind of looked classy, and it was cool. Yeah. But like you said, to save time, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'll just do the blue background or, you know. Yeah, something. and that's why I ran into when I started um, uh, drawing my cartoon or my comic strip, and I colored it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to color it. I want color, but I don't want to just do line art. And then you realize it's like, wow, this takes about three hours or more to get these things put together, laid out, Get the joke in there. Get them all sized. It's like, oh, I'm not doing these every day. Typing is a son of a bee, too. Because I, I, I have the thing where you, you expand the word balloon to whatever size you want. Yep. And then you're only guessing at the dialogue. I think that's enough to make it fit. Yep. Or, you know, sometimes it's not enough. I'm like, Because then once you post it on Facebook, which is how I do it, if you can't click on that and blow it up where you can read it, now I'm in trouble again. Yep. I actually do have, I run an InDesign and everything, so I've got the nice, the professional stuff to go in and make my bubbles however shape I want, and I can, you know, all the fancy things, so I at least lucked out there, but I definitely know what you mean, because I'll sit there and I'm trying to, you try to get a word bubble to fit, but you don't, and you you have only the four four, uh, spaces length, and you're trying to, like, all right, how do I write this where... I'm not taking half of the box of dialogue over his head. You can't do that. You have to keep it kind of short and simple. Yep. So there's also that. That's also very annoying. The first one I had to redo because I was all proud of it. It was in, uh, I took a picture from uh, comics uh, on the green, Dave's place. Mm -hmm. And I have it where it's it's supposed to be basically Nick and I with Mikey off to the side, and he starts bad-mouthing Batman because he loves Captain America. <laughs> and I thought, boy, this is nice. I'm happy with this. Woo, I got some good wordage going on. And then I posted it, and people were saying, I can't read what it is because it won't blow up big enough for me. So then I had to go back in ugh, and redo that whole bubble and change 
shorten the sentence, you know, yep. simplify it to some extent. Darn it. Just trying to be creative. Mm-hmm. And that's where you get where you have to do the strips. You have to figure out how to keep your stuff scaled down. And at the same time, like you read, have you ever seen, have you seen the show Rick and Morty yet? Yeah, that's with the uh, the Doc Brown ripoff, right? Oh, man, as if it is one of the most sharpest and fun shows I have watched in a while. I have to, I want to see it. It's, it's one of those where I'm like, well, only so many hours in a day, I have to watch certain shows, but that's on my list to get to, you know what I mean? Yep. It's uh, it's only a half hour, and it's but I'll tell you what, it's it's some of the best stuff. Really? It really is. I couldn't, as I kept putting it off, and finally I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch some Rick and Morty. What do we got here? And I'm like, oh, like this was just, I mean, some of it's pretty, like I can't believe they just said that or did that joke. Or I mean, it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was so, you like it because of the humor. It's not necessarily about like sci-fi or whatever. Oh, it's every, no, it's everything because it's like it's even fun watching like them going through the time travel, the different dimensions. You know, it's like, oh, sorry, you shouldn't have eaten that. There was something in there. I told you not to touch that. And the next thing you know, he's like sprouting more arms or something off of him. And that's kind of the, some of the stuff I do in uh, CMB. I try to add little bits of joke. Like I've got a storyline starting right now. It was a little more of a romantic snafu going on there. And, you know, Lork goes through and he almost catches the the one guy who's been in love with the girl next door. She's been with another guy. Well, he accidentally got zapped into a guinea pig. And she's kind of figuring out now that, like, since he's not human, you're just dealing more with his personality. And you find out he's really not so great. So she ends up booting him out and kind of on a rebound thing. And my main guy, Wade, is, like, professing himself to her. They end up making out and things go sideways on the couch. Lork comes through. And he kind of imagines it, so I'm still building the story, but I did more of a romantic kind of thing, and people are like, you know, whoa, what are you doing here? Like, what's this? I'm like, well, I can't be, I said, it can't be fart jokes and ray guns all the time. I've got to try and do a little something Characters, yep. to make it interesting. Right, yeah, and I started, uh, if you go to the main page there, the .com, you'll see on the um, uh, the character bios, I started redoing that, and... um updating it because I had old pictures they were kind of ratty I didn't have you know so I simplified it all down and just did their little headshots across and I've got like I have like two one more character to put in it's already he's already been in there he's a co-worker well he was a co-worker of Way, but Way got fired so you know he got let go from his job you know downsizing so he's kind of trying to find his way into a new job but this guy was like a co-worker so I want him to come back into because I liked him and I'm still trying to develop Two more characters that might be a little more interesting or something to, you know, just to veer away from the normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you this, um, as someone who, who reads it, it is addicting. I do want to see what happens next. Hey, thanks. You're welcome, which is, you know, that's what I strive for, too, except I'm, so far, I've only done, like, one shots. So there's no thread of a story. I have little threads of a story. Like, my one buddy, I, I made a book out of it, too. I did 100 strips. I put them into the book. Hmm. And I sold a bunch of them, actually, which is, you know, because most people now are like, oh, I just want to go and read it online. I don't want a book. But a lot of people love to have the book. Sure. Yeah. But he thought it was like a comic, so he gets it, and he's like, oh, this isn't like a continuous story. I'm like, no, it's just a collection of strips. I mean, you have a few that are in a row. or so, Like, I've got one where they get sucked into a VR. It's kind of like a, a Mario Brothers okay. VR. Yeah, I remember that. 
Yeah, and that one, like, I, I, I took so long on that one, and there's actually some stuff I missed on it, but I left it go. But, like, there was a short arc that went on, and then it was done, then it was just back to one shots for a while, and then I'll start something else, and then one shot, so. Huh. Yep. But, you know, I mean, I remember reading, I used to read Garfield early on. I mean, early on, like, the, the beginning books. When right. I, when I was a kid. And whenever a new one would come out, I'd be like, all right, Garfield, who? And I remember laughing out loud. And I don't know if the writing changed or I changed. Then just one day it wasn't funny anymore. Yeah. I just kind of went, oh, this isn't what it used to be for me. Uh, yep. I guess I'm done. But you would see a, a story going on. Uh, what was another one? For better or for worse, I adored. I'd- oh, I hated that kid when they had the little um when they had the little girl. She killed Farley basically, and I remember I was so like, oh, yeah, a couple of us were mad. It was like that little. I mean, it was a little girl, but she wouldn't listen. And Farley saved her life, and Farley ends up dying because he's so worn out. He was swimming to save her, and he dies. But you know what? That book. He felt so bad, but it was so good. I mean, it was such a well-written thing. Yeah, and I started to go back. I think I have a couple over there. For Christmas, um, Cindy got me two or three of the books. and But I want to go back and start right from the beginning and get them all because that was a mixture of, okay, you got your one-shot comedy most of the time, but there was an ongoing arc, and you cared about the characters, and she let them age and grow. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, people died, and dogs died, and, you know, there was really touching, and then it got, towards the end, it got sad because, I guess, yep. the grandfather was getting sick, and, you know, his time was very limited, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's just when I was like, all right, I'm reading this online every day. Every day. I don't remember where I was from my job, but during my lunch, that was how I spent my lunch. Let's yep. go back and catch up. And that was when she announced, yeah, so I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm still going to put them out, but you're only going to get old stories. You're not going to get anything new from me. Then, yeah, she was recycling them back through. Yeah, oh, she goes, well, I'll change. I'll update some of the art or whatever just to keep it current. But I'm like, oh, no, why? It's same Calvin and Hobbes thing. Like, why would you stop? Oh, God. Yeah, well, Watterson was a little funny about that. Like he, and it was interesting. I really liked the fact he was not. He refused to do merchandising. They weren't making Calvin and Hobbes dolls. They weren't making stickers, color, none of that. He goes, I don't want to do any of that. He goes, and he called him. He called him my little boy. He goes, I'm not doing that to my little boy. And I always thought that was kind of. uh, I think in a way it was. I don't think Watterson had a family. And I think that was like his way of living through, he lived through them. Yeah. And Calvin was his little boy, and it's like, you're not going to do that to my little boy. Which is sweet and unfortunate, yeah. because now they use him to pee on a sports team. Yeah, and those, well, those are all, black, those are black market, though. He never, right. you know, those things snuck out. And, pay that. You know, and there was actually a guy who, uh, there's a comic strip out. The guy, his artwork and everything is influenced by Calvin and Hobbes, it looks a lot like it, and there's a school janitor that looks like Calvin grown oh, up. I know exactly who you're talking about. I can't yes. think of what it's called, but it's so cool, because people are like, I guess this guy was like an understudy to Watterson or something. Really? It was something like that, yeah, and people are like, is that Calvin? Zitz. It's not Zitz. It's, um, no, it's not Zitz. Zitz is a good one, too. I like that guy's. He's got a really good strip there. It's named after the kid, though. It's named after... 
I believe it's named after one of the, the kids. Uh, but yes, you're right, because the, the, the janitor is the slacker teenager. Yes. Yeah. But he looks like Calvin, and everyone's like, is that Calvin? And he's like, well, I can either, I cannot deny nor confirm, but I think he, I think he kind of hinted, it's just more or less, it's, it's in spirit. It could be Calvin, and this could be, you know, because the way the guy talks and everything, it's kind of like the stuff that Calvin used to talk about when he was younger, only with a more adult angle on it now, and I thought that was really great. That is great. It, it, it's so funny. There's certain books that I still ache over because I miss them so much. Yeah. One of them is, uh, well, like we said, those. And then, uh, let's see, well, Farsight, of course. Oh, yeah. I mean, for the rest of my life the far side. Mm-hmm. And yep. You'll notice that there are so many people that are trying to fill that gap. Yeah. Got a lot yeah. for it because I'm, I'm happy as can be. Do it. Well, how many times, I mean, you know, it was always, he, this guy had one panel to make a joke. It wasn't four panels leading to a punchline. It was just, boom, one joke. Yes. You know, and it was like one the mailman walking in covered in dachshunds. He's like, help me, I fell into a nest of wiener dogs down on fifth. You know, just something so simple, and you just cracked up. It's like, this is great. Because it was simple, but yet brilliant at the same time. Yeah, it really was. It was like a comic book var- a version of Stephen Wright jokes. Yeah. You got the one shot, boom, and nailed it every time. I And people still come up to me and go, hey, did you ever see the one comic strip of, yes, yes, I have. Nope. I, it's near and dear to my heart. Darwin right. Cook was the one who uh, drew the uh, collage that I was referring to. Okay, yeah. And Spider-Man's, yep. it's from behind, over Spider-Man's shoulder while he's taking the picture of Paul. Yep, yep. So I remember it, that. it's very much in the spirit of that. Um, what else? Oh, I was asking, uh, wanted to ask, I don't know if I ever did, how do you like doing conventions? Because I always see you, I mean, you go to a lot. Yeah, I do. Well, let's see. Let's hear. I did a toy convention for the first time this year. That wasn't bad. Wasn't that a couple weeks ago? No, that was about two months ago. Um, that could be where my that and that one's funny enough. It was called Far Side Convention, but um, <laughs> yeah, that's the toy guy that I'm doing stuff for now. That's his convention. It was a good good setup. He had a really nice turnout there. But um, let's see. One, two, three, four, five. I do between five or six. Depending, I mean, I did Saratoga Springs this year for the first time. That was a fantastic show, and they're having it again in October. I don't know if I'll do two in a year for them because I mean, same people have already been in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the same people came. They're going to come in. It's like, oh, there's that guy again. I already got a bunch of sketches off of him. I'm going to go find somebody else. So maybe, you know, maybe I'll only go once. I've got uh, Sci-Fi in the Valley coming up. Uh, Vermont Comic Con. That's a really good one. So you you travel for these. Uh, yeah, within reason. I mean, Vermont's probably my far my farthest one. Saratoga's about halfway to the Vermont one. But, yeah, Vermont so far has been my first. I really would love to do Calgary sure. and a Vegas show. Calgary sells out, like, almost instantly. That is a really popular big show. You drive there? No, Calgary would be a fly. No, no, no. That's, I mean, oh. you say for Vermont. Oh, yeah, Vermont's a drive, yeah. it's what, five, but, yeah, five and a half, six give or take, yeah, it's a little rough. But it's a straight line, so it's not awful. Mm-hmm. It's just long. But it was worth it. They're usually worth it. Yep, yep. Yeah, I actually, believe it or not, I get kind of bored walking around at shows. Because once I've made a round or two, I've already... I'm with you. 
I kind of already saw everything, so I'm not going to keep walking in circles. Yeah, and you can talk to people, but you can't stand and talk to people because you're blocking their table or whatever else. So you got to move along so they can keep getting the flow of the people through. And me, I like sitting at the table and having the entire con go past me all day. Stop. I've talked to so many cool people and just, yeah. So I'm really, uh, I hear at the Vermont con, they're going to have Bill Diamond up there who worked on the puppets for the Dark Crystal, Fraggle Rock, all that. He was just at, um, I think, was he at Philly? He was at one, I can't remember which one he was just at, but a buddy of mine who works those things, he sat and talked to him and the guy was just, reliving old Jim Henson stories and stuff. I was like, oh, that would be so much fun to sit there and talk to that guy. Yeah. So you, you get you get chances to do stuff like that, and that's why the shows are so much fun. Well, that was going to be my question, because I didn't know from your side of it. You see, I go because, not because I need to buy anything. I'm not, you know, I'm not looking for anything. Right. Uh, I get my books digitally now. But, like, I bought some books for Mikey, from Dave, because Dave's local, and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, throw throw him some checks. Plus, I mean, Mike's such a good boy that I want to spoil him anyway. And he goes, <laughs> "So there's Scooby Doo and the Flashes and Scooby Doo." So I'm like, "Oh yeah, what's that over there?" And I grab the book, <laughs> and then I got you know most of the issues of the Batman Turtles crossover because we both love them. So I did see that. Yeah, I forgot they were doing that. Uh, I, I'm it's on my list of books to get to, but I'm like back months, so I pick a title and I read it all the way up to current, and then I jump back to that month and start again. Yep. So I'll eventually get there, but um, yeah, I've heard great things. And a lot of new comics are actually kind of disappointing me. I, I've got a decent batch I've been collecting. Um, I changed a little bit. I'm going to try a couple of the new uh, Rebirths coming up. Yeah, yeah, the... well, thank, yeah, they got me for that. I'm going to at least get the Rebirth issue of most of the characters. Yeah, but... Um, I honestly have been going back through old bins. I'm looking for the 90s, like the late 80s, early 90s stuff, like Death's Head. I picked okay. up, like, I want some of the Cyber Force from Image. I mean, I picked those up, and I have the original, like, Gen 13s for quite a few, but, um, like, I love the Death's Head. I love the Marvel UK stuff that they had a Harley or Motormouth and Kill Power. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else was it? Um, they had. They had the Pantheon. I wasn't really taken with the Pantheon for Marvel, but... Now, is that the Pantheon that worked with the Hulk? Yeah, yeah. I loved... Pendragon or something. They were... I something they were called. With Gary Frank doing the art? Yep. It was it Peter David who was the writer? It was yeah. so good. I loved the... It had just enough humor to it. Great action. You know, a joy to look at. Oh, and, and I remember the issue where they changed it. They're like, look, we're changing the Hulk. He's being transformed into more savage. And then they had, yep. you know, the art got, I don't remember who the artist was after it, but it was not good. Like, Alan Davis was in a lot of that stuff. He did, um, oh, what was that group, uh, Clandestine or something they were called. It was like the dad was an immortal and he was invulnerable. So he could not die and he did not age. He was just always around. And he had kids from, you know, like, he looks like he's in his, like, late 20s, and he's got one girl who's, like, probably 70 years old kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, the one was, like, uh, his daughter was actually, she would, um, like, a parasite. She would move from body to body kind of thing. So she did that, and everything. they had, uh, 
Rory and Pandora. They were two of the younger version. There was one called Walter. He would grow to like Hulk size. See, I don't remember that. Uh, yeah, they were. Um, God, what were they called? Who who put it out? Marvel. Yeah, and it was Alan Davis was the uh, artist for it for a while, and his and I have the X Men uh, team up with them. It was really cool because like Xavier had run into like uh, the older, like the seventy year old woman way back when she was younger. Huh. And the um, the parasite one, she was in a different body, but she's also a telepath. So Xavier ran into them when he was in the jungles. And he was a young man and was like running around. Wow. Yeah, I don't. Huh. It's, it's funny though. I I think about the books from the nineties, and I remember that the Death's Head one. Oh, there it is. Yeah. When they came, the, was it the, Death's Head two? And I remember the issue. Where it's supposed to be in the future and it's like the apocalypse and every, all the heroes are dead and he's like holding on to chunks of Captain America's shield. And yep. Well, Death's Head was, um, he actually started out in Transformers. Really? And he was, yeah, he was, uh, he was called, um, Min- no, Minion was the second real. It was Death's Head. He was the size of a Transformer. He was like, you know, that, in that world, I mean, not everybody's human size in the Transformer world. There were other creatures, you know, other species that were just as big as Optimus Prime, and they were not robots. They were just, you know. But this guy was a bounty hunter, and uh, I think it was like Galvatron put a bounty on Rodimus Prime, and Rodimus turns around and gives him more money, so then he goes after Galvatron. Well, at one point, he goes through a portal, and he flies into the Marvel Universe right over Four Freedoms Plaza and fights the Fantastic Four, and he gets shrunk down to humanoid size. Huh. And he runs into the minion android who ends up beating him. But every time that Death's Head killed somebody, he took their personality. Well, when the minion android attacked him, it backfired or something. And all of his stuff went into the minion android and upgraded him to like this super tough version of Death's Head. So that's where you get Death's Head 2. Okay. Like the sequel. And then they went with Death's Head 3. I don't know how that one... You know, there were a whole bunch of different... I started falling out, and that's why I've been trying to collect them all, because I'd like to go back through and keep reading more. Yeah, well, isn't it funny? I mean, there's certain characters that... <sighs> Some characters, you go, why do you keep trying to force us to like whoever when you still have these other great characters yeah. that we already loved, but you're not using enough? Because they're always afraid that uh, they're not going to be able to sell them, they're not going to be able to do this or that, so... That just comes down to the writing. I mean, get a good writing. Yeah. I mean, you know. Uh, exactly. Hulk, Aquaman, Flash are are near impossible to write because of what we know of them. But you get someone who writes them and they're household names. And I don't mean household back when they were created. I mean Mark Wade doing the Flash. Like, he created the Speed Force and, you know, the whole thing we know of the Flash today. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Yeah. That, no, people don't want to... They don't want to work hard to make a new character or make something popular. They just want to... And this is where you come back to the whole... I'm going to just put Superman's uh, cape around it, and that's going to be Superman. But he's going to be new. He's going to be edgier. He's going to be different. No, it is not Superman. I have a friend who like was like that kind of guy. He's like, I don't mind if they change something up and put a new spin. I said, look, dude... The reason this has been around since 1938-63 and it's still here popular is because it's not broken. Right. 
Right. If it's not broken, don't fix it. You, people enjoy it because of what it is, not because of what we could maybe turn it into. If you want to do an Elseworlds story where you have a different kind of Batman or Superman, like right now Earth 2, they've got uh, Tim, Dr- no, is it uh, Dick, Grayson. Dick Grayson? Yeah, but he's paralyzed and everything, but he's got an exosuit on. Totally different kind of Batman. Mm-hmm. It's a different design. He's just the third one. But he's awesome. I love that Batman, but he's not trying to be Bruce Wayne. He's just Batman. And they have, I just saw the solicit where they're like, you know, Dick Grayson wonders if he could live up to Bruce Wayne and Thomas Wayne's legacy. And I'm like, that's right, because there were there was the original Batman. Yeah. That world was Bruce Wayne. And then his father, which I remember was a big surprise. Yep. They wouldn't tell you who he was for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, and they didn't make him like, well, I'm heroic and I'm trying to be as noble as my son. And he's like, no, I'm using the Hour Man pill popping thing to have yep. powers, and it's killing me. Like, oh, that's all right. It's a different take. It's not, you know, you're not, and that's where you can get away with that stuff. It's not your core Batman. You're not messing with that core Batman. You're you're working off of it. But and now I guess apparently they're doing with this rebirth. We're going to have Superman and Clark Kent together at the same time. They are two different people or something going on. No, no here's what's happening. They just came out with the issue. The the new 52 Superman, you know, with the collar and the armor suit or whatever they want to call it. It looks like he's going to die because yeah. they've been doing the story, uh, Dan Jurgens. uh writing it and Lee Weeks is the artist and I love Lee Weeks art um, I, I'm, I was tempted to read it but again you have to decide where's your money going now I could always read it later but basically it picked up from pre New 52 Superman with him and Lois you know married mm-hmm. well they have the kid right? who I don't know if it was their kid or remember they did that story where they took General Zod's kid no. They, oh, it was a good story. But in the end of it, they were like, yep, he's ours now. We're adopting him. And then we didn't see that kid again. And then they did the new 52, and we never got resolution. Right. Well, now we're getting that Superman back. And that kid is going to be the new Superboy. So what happens to uh, Connell? Where does he go? There is no cocktail. Oh, you're kidding. Because so many, like from the Jung Justice, like so many people wanted him back, and now they're pushing for Jung Justice again. Yep. They yep. Said that one is like on a hot plate right now. They want a season three wrap up for this. So, I the show is amazing. I, uh, well, we, when we came home Sunday after seeing you, Mikey goes, Well, he's, he's standing there watching you draw, mm-hmm. and you pumped him up because to <laughs> someone actually. Whoa, he's he's drawing the lines on the face before he does the eyes, and then he's using a marker, so he turns to me. I don't know if you heard him. Daddy, when I get home, can, is it okay? Can I draw? I really want to draw. I want to like, Yeah, always. Yeah. They, I encourage it. Go, 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 go. Well, he thinks he's going to do what you do. I'm going to draw the circle, and I'm going to put the line where the nose and the eyes will meet, and then and he's like, and then I'm going to use this marker. I don't have a black marker. I wonder if I could use a brown. I'm like, buddy, don't worry about the marker. Because you're just going to black out all your work, you just concentrate on being a good artist. Mm-hmm. Well, he goes, "Can we watch? Can we watch Young Justice?" Yeah, yeah. Turn that on, and you know, you just let that play because it helps them with their numbers. Yeah. 
But man, I watched that. That's such a great show. I, I I hope we should get a season three. I keep saying it's like if more if DC took their animated universe, their their uh, Justice League Unlimited, their Young Just even the Young Justice universe has actually become a little better, and they've been using that one in the newer movies now because they had like Bruce Greenwood, he was in the the Red Hood and stuff, and he was on Young Justice as Batman, which I thought he was fantastic. And then they switched to the new guy, and I don't mind him either. I like him. But it's still that same universe that they're playing with, same animation group, all that. If they took that and made it their comic books, gold. They've got so much continuity mess in their comics. Even That's why they're revamping every couple years, and they still cannot fix it. Right. They can't. It's so confusing. Or it's just who is this guy? Why is he over here? Why are there five Supermans? You know why? Why do we have this other Batman over? Here? What is going on? And you, you just look at the animated series. They've got it all simplified down. Yep. Yep. And, and it's such an easy continuity to follow. And you could still introduce people. You could still bring them in, and not sit there and just bang your head on the table. And Young Justice is. Um so well written and serious. It's Greg, and you're getting you're getting the Justice League in there too. Yeah, you know you get you, oh Batman sells. Yeah, well guess what? Who's mentoring them? Oh, it's Batman. Yeah, there you go. There's your excuse. And now they jumped five years in season two to give us Nightwing. Oh, plus yeah, we still have fun. our Robin because they have Tim Drake in there. Yep. And if you look in the one episode at the end. There's a statue of the Fallen. Yeah. And Jason Todd is in there, so we could see him, too. Yep. They tied it all together so nicely, and... And I want more. Give me. Yeah. It's like, just take that. I mean, when they... And that's what killed me. When they did that season, they came out with the new 52. That new new Teen Titans group was complete garbage. I hate... I started collecting it. I hate the Teen Titans Go. Is that what you mean? No, no, no. The Teen Titans for the 52. Oh, they, they, guess what? You're right, and everybody agrees, and they're getting rid of it. Yep, they are, and that's why. And But they canceled Young Justice because they couldn't market the cartoon with the comic book. And they're like, well, they're not going to, uh, we're not going to cancel the new 52 book. We're just going to kill the old show with the old designs. And people are like, no, we love this. Well, I heard it was also... Well, they're not selling toys. Well, you're not putting enough toys out there, because I'll tell you, I was one of the people that went, <gasps> and got the toys. Yeah. yeah. They did that with uh, Thundercats. That's why Thundercats bombed. And, um, oh, yeah, the new Thundercats. And the He-Man toy, they were like, well, we're not selling enough toys. Like, well, maybe if you didn't load the store with 500 Skeletors and He-Mans, mm-hmm. and only two of the other, you might not have that problem. Mm-hmm. But they don't They don't think about that. They just look at the numbers like, well, these numbers are terrible. Is that did you find out how many He-Man battle damage He-Mans you threw in for the for the one store? Of course you're doing horrible because people have them. Throw the other characters in. Don't be stupid. I'm telling you. The people are in to make money, but they're not doing it smart. They just want to do it fast. Right. Right. That's that's one of the things that you reminded me. Uh, I, I take American Kempo, and that started in Hawaii. So it's big in California, mm-hmm. but it's very rare to make it all the way to Scranton, Pennsylvania. Right. So 20 years ago, when I saw the school in Clark Summit, I'm like, <gasps> they have Kempo. So I ran to it, 
And the way we explain it is this area is very much like what you said. Um, the, the martial arts is the Korean karate, you know, straight punch, chamber punching, and they, they pump out black belts. It's quick, what is it? Fast, cheap, and easy. Mm. And that's what they care about. They don't care about, like, the, the perfect example is you don't make an eight-year-old a black belt. Yeah, no. He's never going to be a black belt. You're, you're not going to stand him next to an, an adult that's a black belt and expect them to be equal. So with, like, Kempo, you only get to, like, green belt until you're, you know, 18 or so. Right, exactly. And so with the comics, like, or the decisions with the cartoons or whatever, uh, it's, it's not getting us money quick enough on the toy side or, you know. Oh, God. Yep. But hopefully that'll change. I'm hoping, because if you notice, we know that. Other people know that. They're making a stink about it. You know, it, it, along the same lines of they never thought there'd be a, a team superhero movie. Yeah. You know, now... Look what they ended up with. Yeah, you know, the Avengers. But And that's what's funny. I saw the one guy, he did a strip on that where he was making a joke where he goes, this is how Marvel builds their cinematic universe. And they got these scientists standing there and they've got... Phase one, phase two, phase three, all these these equations and the dots are connecting all the way across. Very smartly done. This is how DC did it. And it was like, quick, throw everybody we can into a blender. Now hit the button. And they spray all over the place and make a horrible mess. You go, now turn the lights out. Ah, oh, there we go. It's just, I was like, that was the best representation I had seen of something like that because... Marvel did it right. They mapped the entire thing out. They started small and then just kept building. And DC was like, we want the big stuff right now. Throw them all together. Go, go, go. Well, in, no. in, in DC's defense, they started too late. They they waited years before they went, you know what? Maybe Marvel has a good idea going with this whole team thing. Well, yeah. And then somebody said, well, what are we going to do? Start again with a Batman movie, a Superman movie? And they went, well, we just did a Superman movie. Ah, let's jump, and then we'll we'll do it opposite. We'll do the team, and then do the individual movies. Yeah, and it was just too much. I, I'll be curious to see. Did you not like Batman vs. Superman? I didn't watch it. Oh, okay. Well, let me know when you do. I mean, I heard Affleck was a great Batman. Really? I, I don't know if you've heard the pre- previous episodes of this, but I've gone on rants about, I'm like, oh, son of a B, he can't keep his mouth shut when he's not talking. He does the whole slack jaw thing yeah and i thought you're gonna kill it it's gonna be terrible and i i came out praising him i saw the bit where he goes in uh, the, the alfred drops him off and he goes in the into the warehouse that fight scene i was like oh, that's my batman that's how i want him but you know it was just that scene was amazing yep. like that is what we need and they said he's working on the new one he's gonna be the new one and he's producing the justice league too yeah so, it's, but it, I mean, Marvel's still just hand over fist, just killing them. Yeah, well, what do they always say? Movies so far, it's clearly Marvel, but in animation, it's DC. Yeah. You know, which is yep. so true. And Marvel's kind of smart to stay out of, for the most part, the animation game, because every time they try, it's just... They did a couple, though. I mean, like, Wolverine and the X-Men... People loved that show to death. They, I mean, people still go on about the 90s version, but that's awful. I mean, if you look at it now, it's, it's awful. But 
the Wolverine and the X-Men, I, I loved that show, and that's when Disney bought them, and they brought the axe down and killed it, and that was getting... I mean, Wolverine showing up with a small army of X-23s behind him was... I was like, come on, this is so fun. Nope, nope, we're going the other way, and they did, like, um, Hulk versus... I where loved it. Holy that was one of the best. Him and Wolverine. I've watched that so many times. It was just beautiful. They did the Doctor Strange animated. That was good. I like that I one. I didn't see that one. That was good. And they did a Thor and Loki where like they're a little younger, and then they grow up. That was excellent too. So they've got a couple of them that are really good, but on the whole, like you know, they have completely crapped the bed on. Right. Because remember a couple years ago, and they do this. I've, I've seen them do it twice so far. Welcome aboard. We're doing Marvel Animation with Japan, Japanese style manga. Yeah, that was terrible. I watched those and I hated them. Yeah, nobody asked for that. And I'm I'm watching. They have a bunch of uh, Marvel original movies on Netflix. They do those motion. They're motion comics. They're Ter- no, 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 not the motion comics. These are half computer generated uh and half the animation Japanimation type stuff. There's one with the Punisher and Black Widow. Yeah, those. I did not like those. I got I couldn't get all the way through it. No nope. Technovore, no. I mean the designs were cool. They looked cool, but it was just I mean I don't know, I just wasn't feeling it, but it did like the one with the the widow and um castle, I thought like the end fight when Iron Man and all of them come rolling in, it actually looked really good. See I didn't get that. But I just didn't feel it. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, some of my favorite all-time animated shows. Uh, we Spectacular Spider-Man and the Avengers before Disney. Yes, that Avengers uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes or whatever it was. Perfect. Yes, it was exactly where I wanted. It was like, man, this is so good. I couldn't watch Ultimate Spider-Man because don't. It was yeah, it was awful. It was just too much of him yapping, and that was what's his name, the writer. Uh, he does the bald guy. He does everything for Marvel. Uh, you know, you know who I'm talking about. Um, yes. Oh, his name just—I just lost it. Anzi or uh, oh. A? Oh, it's horrible. It's right there, and I can't get it. Give it a second; it'll it'll pop in there. But you're right because I thought, all right, you know what? Spectacular Spider-Man. When I was a kid, I loved Spidey and his amazing friends because it captured Spider-Man's movements. Perfectly, he clung to walls for fun. Yep. You know, he acted like a spider, and his the animation was good. That he, re, you know, when he chewed a web and swing, they had that perfect. Well, then, spectacular Spider-Man comes along, and I'm like, okay, now this is the perfect one. This is they have Bendis. the voice is perfect, the animation's perfect, action is fast paced. Then they come out with Ultimate, and I remember them promising, oh, it's going to be Ultimate com- Ultimate Spider-Man, just like the comic, and it's nothing like the comic. No. The voice it's actor a, is terrible. It's Bendis. It's not... That's but, who, it, it's it's who not, it was, the writer. Oh, you're talking about Bendis, who you're trying to remember. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Bendis wrote... Um, um, yeah, Bendis, Paul Dini was in on it. Joe, Joe Kelly, Joe Casey. I mean, those are good names. Which you would but, think would be spectacular. Yeah, especially with Denny on board. But, like, Bendis just, he, like, when I get his books and he'd do those little spiels where he'd have, like, two pages of a profile of somebody, like, being asked a question and every superhero answering differently. Like, get to a point where, like, why did I buy this? Like, <laughs> I like a good story, but, man, like, tone down the the banter back and forth it's just awful 
for me, I I like most of his stuff. Like if I see his name, I'm like, oh, okay, good. Yeah. But I'm done with Powers. Like I'm not going to read any more Powers comic books because they keep starting and stopping and starting and stopping and changing companies. And I wouldn't be able to, you know, jump on a title again if I wanted to because the moment I do, it's over. Yeah. And he gets, I think he gets pulled too thin. Remember he was supposed to do, uh, or he started to do a comic book that was more kid-friendly with the brother and sister that were superheroes in the animated style. I'm trying to think what that is. Yeah, you know why you're having trouble? Because it had like one or two issues and we never saw it. Oh, that would be why. But they put they pumped that like, oh, you got to see this, wait, you see it, wait, you see it. And I was the sucker. I was like, yeah, all right, give it to me. And I read the first issue and loved it and didn't see anything else after it. And it's, he did that with Scarlet. Did you ever read Scarlet? Sounds familiar. Scarlet is, she's like a vigilante, but her, the way he wrote it was so good, so exciting. And he did like four issues and took many years of a break. And now the next issue just came out. Like, well, I don't remember what happened before. Yeah. Give me a paragraph to catch me up. You know, you can't do that. It's like Kevin Smith never finishing the Daredevil bullseye story. Well, he didn't even finish, uh, what was it, The Evil That Men Do, The Spider-Man Black Cat. Did he ever do that one? I think he did. I think. Did he finally? I have, like, bits of it, but I didn't get the whole thing. uh, uh, By that point, I'm like, I'm not falling for that again. Yeah. Around that time, you think the companies would go, okay, here's the rule. People like that who don't normally write comic books, give me every single issue, and then we'll talk. Yeah, That's, exactly. You know. Because, I mean, that was like, it was a decent story. I actually liked it. I mean, it was a little, it had some twists in it that were a little very adult-themed and everything, but, I mean, I enjoyed it, but it just never got around to getting finished. But, of course, I also liked it because the uh, Dodsons were working on it, and they're they're fantastic. Yes. Yeah, that, that's always what made me go, ooh, uh, maybe I... Yep. yep. Always when I see a Dobson, I'm like, ooh, like, what do we got here? You know, I always go for his stuff. Do you, um, when you're at the, the cons, uh, do you, have you gotten to meet anybody, any big name heroes? Heroes is, well, I, I talked to Dan Parent. He does the Archie comics. Sure, yeah, I see. Yep. He was at the uh, Comics on the Green. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still hold the uh, title right now from the Vermont show last year. I beat him in the uh, right. Yeah, and the sketch off there. That's like my my claim to fame right now. We're joking around with it, and uh, this next one coming up here, I might have to retain my title. <laughs> see if I can't go in and beat him again. I remember sitting up there on the panel though, and I look over and I knew we had the sketch off, and I was like, "That's damn parent." I am so. I'm just gonna go sit in the back somewhere. This guy's the Archie guy, man. There's no way. He's He's gonna. He's got a new title out, and I may get him on to to promote it. Oh, um, Die Kitty, or what was it? Yeah, Die Kitty, Die. Die Kitty, Die. Yeah, look good. I actually found too. I um, there was um an Ollie's in Hazleton. I went to, and they have um, packs of comics and everything. They had a Death's Head gold foil cover on the outside, like in the pack. I gotta buy it just for that death's head. I don't care. It's a five dollar pack of comics, even if there's crap in here, that death's head is in there. Yeah. I found an Archie in there that he did with Veronica as the Black Widow on the front and it's like uh-huh. in pristine condition, so I'm taking it to Vermont. I want him to sign it for me because I loved it when I saw it. You know he so, lives local. 
Does he? Yeah. Where is he? Pennsylvania. He's, he's, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I was, I was talking to him, like I said, shooting the ball. I'm like, would you have to travel far? He's like, no, 15 minutes away, or, you know, maybe I'm, I'm off by minutes, but yeah. as far away. I'm like, oh, so you're pretty local. It's like, yeah, I think it's the Poconos, maybe. That makes sense. There's a, uh, we were, we were talking about that at the free comic book day. There's like a whole bunch of them around that, you know, do that stuff. But uh, as far as artists go, I mean, I've only met a handful of artists. Uh, Jim Calfour, I met him. Uh, I almost got to meet uh, Michael Turner one year. Uh. And that was like, I remember when I was, it was at a Wizard World. I almost got to talk to him. And that was when he had just been re-diagnosed again with the cancer. So it was really rough. And he was having, he was only there for a short time because he was really tired and everything. And back out he went. But, um, I've met some cool, like, other, I met a couple of the guys from, um, I think Scott Schiaffo. I met him from, uh, Clerks. Okay. And, uh, the guy who played Dante. Oh, was this last year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember that. They, when they were in town or whatever. No, this was in Vermont. I got and I was out like drinking with them. I'll tell you what, those guys can sing. Yeah. Uh, Brimstone, the wrestler, super great guy, really good guy. He's always um, always up for a couple. I mean, I was with him at the toy convention and stuff. He was right across from me, and we just got to talking about a whole bunch of stuff. But um, yeah, very very nice, very nice man, very down to earth. Kind of Brian O'Halloran. Brian O'Halloran. I can't say the name. Oh. It's terrible. But, um, yeah, I met him, too. Good guys. Really good guys. And he and uh, Brimstone, I remember, got up on stage. They were doing the karaoke, and it was a really good time. <laughs> so, I mean, like, being in the shows and stuff, I'm getting to meet more and more people. And it's uh, Rochelle Davis here at the Free Comic Book Day. She was in The Crow. And uh, I sat next to her for Free Comic Book Day. And then afterwards went over and sat and chatted for a while about different things, you know, the movie and everything, you know, stuff that went on. In filming, it's just really cool to have access to those kind of stories, you yep. know. And see, and that's why I, you know, thank, thanks to you for keeping me up on when there is a new show. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I look, I type in Scranton Comic Convention, and it's never quite. Yeah, it's, I'm never quite sure um, exactly a time or whatever until he starts handing stuff out. Yeah, and I'm like, Joe, Joe, am I getting in? What's going on? There's no guest list. There's nothing online like guest list wise. Because I'm like, I did, yeah, he doesn't if really I knew who was going to be there, maybe I'd bring some books. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Them to sign or whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, I go for the conversation. You know? Yeah. That, exactly. Because I don't go every Wednesday to the comic book store, and you don't always know if you're going to run into people who want to have a chat. Yeah. You know. I wish I was closer to the store because I like I just went in again on last past Thursday been a while, and I like just sitting there and talking about stuff and it's cool to have other people come in and. Well, you have just to sit know when you're in the area and we'll go for dinner or lunch or something. Yeah, that'd be cool. Because that's it's, yeah, it's always like a, a last minute kind of. Yeah, I was like, hey, let's go. My buddy Sam's like, let's go up to the shop and all right, let's go up to the shop for dinner yeah. so we can go running up and it's like a forty some minute drive for us so. And Dave's always good to talk to, too. Yep, he is. He's a good time. He's not full of ego, but he's full of knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, he yep. allows you to have your opinion, and it, it he can be addicting to talk to. Yeah, yeah, because you get going and stuff, and then there's debates, and everyone back and forth. And I've been driving people crazy. I keep asking. I said, who would win in a fight? John Carpenter's The Thing versus The Blob. 
And this is the one that's just been back and forth. And it's like, well, the thing would just absorb it. And I'm like, well, I go, yeah, but the blob is like kind of like dissolves things. So how fast can the thing try to absorb while the blob is dissolving? (laughs) And it's just, oh, and I've just had people like go crazy on it. Like some will fiercely defend the thing against the blob and vice versa. And I'm like, well, it's... It's simple mechanics and everything. It's got to expend energy to eat, and it has to eat to absorb, and while the blob's just eating the whole time. So, there's always... I enjoy doing that. Like I remember a a forum I asked, I said, if the Transformers were on Cybertron way, way back when, and they were their own vehicles and transportation, why did they have steering wheels and windshields? Well, actually, they, they... I don't know what they looked like before they got to Earth, but they established that they changed on Earth to look like our vehicles. Like they, right, right. They weren't a punch buggy, you know. Up. Right. But if you look even look at the first episode of Transformers, well, Wheeljack's got a steering wheel. He's got a windshield. Bumblebee had a windshield and a steering wheel, but he wasn't a Bumblebee. He was like this weird, you know, triangle-shaped thing and wheeljack was just like this square had no wheels on he was just floating but they had seats and steering wheels i was like well there was nobody there drive so why i got your answer bad writing (laughs) (laughs) i just like to mess with people with that you know what i mean whoa 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 wait guys 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 yeah they're not on earth yet why are we doing this yeah you know you're right because if they were just a square with wheels that'd be good enough or if they were just sat on their knees and went yeah. You know, they could have done it that way. Yeah, he could just drive himself. He doesn't need a steering wheel. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I always feel bad and agitated when I go to, like, a comic book show or uh, any sort of convention because, you know, like I said, I'm there to, to chat with people, but you want to walk around and look at the tables, but you get certain... I notice we get a mixture of... There's the people at the table who run their table and they're maybe too aloof. Mm-hmm. Or you get the other extreme where they're trying to force you to buy something. Yes, I've run into both. Right? Like, hi, hi, listen, if you buy two, you get one free. No, thank you. Yeah, I see the sign there. Okay. Yeah. We also have a deal on shirts. Thank you very much. Okay, well, you know, hey, the price is non-negotiable. I'm like, just back off. Yeah, it's very uncomfortable because at that point they're trying to pressure you to buy. And I was next to guys in Baltimore. They were right on the corner. The the guy was like a writer. The other one wasn't even an artist. He was like just his understudy or like his helper. And they were selling these books, but they were out in the aisle like kind of accosting people. They sold out of their stuff, which kills me. But they were diverting traffic right past my table to get away from them and go right. And a couple of us on either side were getting mad because these two guys were basically chasing everyone away from the corner and they were running down to the other end and then they were down there buying stuff. So it really did hurt sales. You know, but then you get the people who I've watched the one guy, he was across a couple over from me. He never looked at anybody. He never, he just sat there like he looked like he rather would have been doing anything else. Yep. But sitting there, and I'm like, I barely saw him do any business because he just looked so miserable. And my my thought is, okay, I understand you do want to make a profit, you know, so I can't give them necessarily a hard time for trying, but 
back off a little. How about yeah. you just be gracious, maybe try and have a conversation, shoot the bull. That's what I do. I just let him come up, look right. around. I see him looking. I say, hey, how you doing? You don't and they'll look and, Right. I don't pressure him. I'm not like, you know, you're after our buyers. Buy. But, you know, they might say, uh, like, how much are the cards or how much? I go, well, these are 10. I said, you know, you get two of these, you get one free. You know, it's just whatever, but I don't jump on them. And I like to just, there's one guy, he's been back twice now. He he actually was amazed that I remembered him from last year, but he was a good time because he was a uh, younger kid. And he sat and talked to me for a while last year, and he talked again this year. And he's a pleasure to talk to, and he really, like, he, he told me, he's like, I really appreciate you sitting here talking to me. I said, yeah, absolutely. It's a nice conversation, you know. It's And sometimes that's just, that's all you need to do. And, and you're right, because then the other side of it, I walk up with Mikey, and I don't let him go touching stuff, you know what I mean? Like, he wants to pick something up. And all right, I trust him. He could pick up a, a box, a toy of whatever and look at it. But I could feel the puckering of the butt cheeks of the person <laughs> behind the table going, <laughs> I like Mikey, put that down. Yep. I don't really. That doesn't bother me. It does bother me, though. I did have somebody put food down on my table the one time. Oh, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, Let's move the slice of pizza away from the artwork. Thank you very much. Yeah. Like, wanna, get it away. You want to buy it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, please don't put your food on the tables. Anyone who's, you know, listening to the podcast, you go to the show. Don't put food on the artwork. And the one guy, we went up to the table and... We're walking over and go, oh, look, at he, he's, he's got some uh, Doctor Who uh, magazines. So Mikey's like, where? This guy heard us. He was already putting some magazines away. He was like, you know, shuffling them or whatever. He just keeps putting them away. I'm like, great, the, well, the one that, you, never mind. Never yeah. mind. The guy, he took it away. And it, it, like I said, they act like they want to be anywhere else but there. Yep. Like, well, is it any wonder nobody's buying from you when you have that look on your face? Yeah, well, it's just it's a job for them. They don't care. They just want to get their money and get out. Yeah. So, um, I had a little I had a little boy run through there though on Sunday, and he he probably five or six, and he's like, "Why didn't you sign these?" And he was so loud, but he was funny. <laughs> Why didn't you sign these? I did not get to it yet. Mom, he said I could sign them, and she's like, "I don't think he's I could sign them all." I'm like, "No, you can't." It's like, don't touch those, you're nuts. And she goes, a five-year-old did not draw these. Nobody's going to believe it. I would believe it. <laughs> it was, he was a riot. Yeah, see, and, and you, I watched you handle kids very well. You're very calm. and I mean. Yeah, I enjoy them. I've had some really good cars, even with little ones, come up and. At Baltimore, I had a boy. He went through my entire thing and named every single person, and he knew what their like secret identity was. Everything, and I looked at it, it was like his mom or something. I said, "How does he?" And she goes, "He has an older brother with a giant stack of comics, and he just sits there and reads them all day, and that he just absorbed it all." And I was just shocked, but it was like so great to see him know all that stuff. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. If uh. uh if you had your wish, would you want to be a artist for a big name comic book uh, company? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I like I said, I, I like doing pages. I'm not like super fantastic at them. Probably if I had, if that was my day job, it's like okay, here's you're getting paid to draw these pages, and that's you know you're gonna be able to live on it. Okay, I can sit here and draw a page every day, or you know, day and a half, whatever long it takes. And I've got the time to, and I'm only doing pencil work. Absolutely, I could sit and 
I got into sketch cards. I love doing sketch cards. Like, I've been trying to get Topps' attention forever now. I uh, sent stuff to Upper Deck. I haven't heard a peep. I did have a guy come through at Saratoga, and he said that they were uh, working with Topps, and it was, like, stuff with Mars Attack. That's, like, the, I'm, like, mm-hmm. never heard from him. I'm, like, oh, come on. It was, like, right there. And he never gave me a card. He took my card, but he didn't hand any out. And he just took off then. And nobody has any clue who this guy was. So it's like kind of heartbreaking. I'm like, right there might have been just a toe in the door, maybe just to show people what I can do. Mm-hmm. You know, but I love doing the sketch cards. They're a lot of fun. I remember for me, I, I always thought, well, I'm going to be an artist. All my life, I'm gonna. that's what I want to do. I love drawing. I'm going to draw. And then I remember... <laughs> When the harsh reality, it's like, no, I think I'm going to be a writer. Because as a writer, I have a lot more freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I mean, essentially, that's it. I want to, if I draw, I want to draw what I want to draw, which means I want to draw superheroes or people. That's why you do your own. It, exactly. You uh-huh. do uh, independent. Right. But... You know, to get that sucker published is well, basically here's here's the bottom line for me was I hate drawing buildings, I hate drawing cars. You know, I want I yeah. want what you're focusing on. I don't need any of the stuff in the background. But as an artist, you have to do that, especially right. if you work for somebody else. And if you work for yourself and you don't do the background, well, it better be a, a comical comic strip where it doesn't yep. matter. Thus why I'm doing what I'm doing, because I need that creative outlet. You know what I mean? But I just thought, okay, so I'll submit writing, because I have story ideas, but just to break in where you have to hand in a portfolio of your artwork. I went to, for commercial art in high school. I went to Votech. And I remember the teacher saying, okay, actually Nick, the guy who used to be the co-host, his mother, being the, my art teacher, she said, okay, who here wants to be an artist? And we all raised our hand. <laughs> she said, okay, here's the harsh reality. <laughs> if you want to be an artist, you're going to have to work for a very long time, get very, very good. Um, if you, You're you not going to get a job. And if you do, it's not going to be around here. And if you do get a job anywhere, it's not going to be a high-paying job, and you won't have it forever. All right, let's get started. And we all Boy, just, she spoke some truth, and she's oh, right. Oh, God. Yeah, well, I know. Yeah. But tell that to a kid who walks in there bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and you're like, okay, so. I want to go home. Yep. You know, and it was around that time that I'm like, okay, so really, what do I want to do? All right. I, I, I like to sing. I You know, I love my music. I could write music, so I'll do that. But. What else? You know, thankfully, you and I and others in our circle need to be creative. It's a vocation. Mm-hmm. You need to yeah. be out into the world. Yep. You know, whereas people, other people, and it baffles me, you see them, they go to their day job because they have to, and they come home and they do nothing. I can't imagine. Yeah, and I mean, it's that's one of the things, I mean, I never look down on any kind of job. I mean, if you're working... You are an honest, honest day's work. You got a roof over your family's head. Never have I ever looked down. But like me, I don't want to go to a factory. I can't do it. Like if I go and do, if you do like four days, twelve hour shifts or whatever, what's the last thing I'm going to want to do when I come home? Sit down and draw or try. Yeah. So I might as well at that point when you're doing that, it's like you're making the money to support yourself. 
you might as well just set the rest of it on fire and just let it go to the wayside because you're not going to have the time to put it. And I've done this for so long, I would feel so empty not doing it. Exactly. I, and that's, I, I just I, cannot even imagine. I mean, I have that out. Even when I'm sitting there and I just start, uh, the doodles just start coming out. Yeah. And I'll subconsciously, I'm in meetings and stuff, I remember, and I just, I was dying to sit and draw, but I didn't want them to see me drawing because then they're like, well, he's not paying attention. You know, and we're in the meeting, we're supposed to be doing something, you're over there drawing monsters or dogs with wings. No, stop it. You know, so that's always been my kind of, I mean, you get to a point, though, where, and that's where she was talking about, you're not going to find, there's not many jobs around here for that kind of thing. If you're lucky, you find something. Is it forever? No. And I'm I'm proof positive of that. I just, I was let go of a job 13 years. They downsized. Yes. So it's like, I was there for 13 years and then just, oh, sorry, uh, we're changing, you know, things are changing and uh, you got to go. So now you're scrambling to find something else and it's, it's a very different way of things anymore. Well, there's less and less work and there's more people looking for work. So, and I always, I always describe it as if you're an artist and you're trying to get out there and you're trying to be popular or people to notice, you try to imagine everybody in a big stadium and you're all artists and you're all trying to get attention. You've all got your arms up in the air. You have to jump higher than the rest of them or else nobody is going to see you jumping in that sea of people. Right. You know, so the trick is get your hand up there higher than everyone else. Well, here's the difference, too, with you. Uh, from your point of view, and this is the right way of doing it, and I remember learning this, it's not going to come to you. You have to make it happen. Yep, you're going to work. What, the name of your studio is what? Darkstream. Dark Stream? Dark Stream. I started it many years ago as just sort of a joke, because Jared Brown just did not sound catchy. You know, some people have that nice Italian name or a name that rolls off the tongue. You can make that, you know, the you know, Julio Juarez artwork. That just sounds that- awesome. But Jared Brown, no. But you're making it happen. You, you took, you know, same thing with me with writing or, uh, well, singer-songwriter, I, I've been semi-successful, but I'm not the household name I dream of being. And I mean, you still got a cool name. Like, Mac Jackson is a cool name. It is. It, it really is a cool name. It's like, who's that? That's Mac Jackson. <laughs> it just, it comes, it rolls off the tongue. It's a fun name to say, the Mac Jackson. But if I wasn't creating music that people liked, it wouldn't matter. Right. I mean, and thankfully, God God bless, I'm forever thankful, I have a following around the world. Nice. Great, right? Like, I have people from Scotland and, and London, like, tell them, they'll chime in. But, it, you know, that on one level, you, you have to go, all right, the world's not going to come to me. I have to be stubborn and do it anyway. Like you said, uh, like you created your own studio, you make your own comic strip, You're, you define yourself by your art. That's you. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I got to a point where I'm like, well, you know what? If I want to have a family, if I want to have a wife and kids, I can't just keep playing gigs. I have to have a day job. Yep. So, 
And here's how I know that what I do is a vocation that I can't live without. I do the day job. And I'll gladly, like I, I'm going to be working now. Uh, it was like a temporary job, but now it's, it's going to be ongoing permanent. Good. I'll do it the rest of my life. I know the work. I can daydream. They, it, they tell you to put in the headphones so that you can listen to music or podcasts or whatever during the day. Great. Yeah, sure. Fine. Give me the mindless job. I, I'm beyond the illusion of, you know, how they tell you, dream your dream and, you know, don't accept a job unless it's the perfect job. Bull crap. Yeah. yeah you got to put food on the table. Food on the table. Wife and kids. Yep. Mortgage, you're going to do. Just give me a job that I don't hate, and I'd be thrilled. So, okay, wife and kids are more important than my dreams. However, this is how I knew I haven't slowed down on the music and the writing. And, you know, so you're saying you come home, last thing you may want to do is, but in your case, too, you do it anyway because you can't stop. Yeah, it all depends on how tired you are, too, and then you have to be well, careful. That's, that's a day-to-day thing. I'm talking right, about, right. If, you know, do you think I'm cranking out a song once a day? God, no. Right, yeah, true. You'd be coming back to it for at least the two days. You'd be sitting there, it's like, oh, i got a day off today. What am I going to do? Yeah, you need to mentally just veg out. I have my veg out days or weekends or whatever. I go, ugh. But, like, I'm writing a song for, for Everly now. It's called Everly's Dance. And... I've made progress on it, and if I sat down, I think I could finish it. And I'm like, yeah, but I have to mentally be there, otherwise I'm just going to get frustrated and aggravated, and just there's no good coming from that. My mother, of all people, talking to her yesterday, she goes, "So, um, how's it going with Everly's dance?" I'm like, "Wow, you're paying attention. Okay, <laughs> thank you for that." I, you know, she. My mother, my parents are the type of, of people who, they're not discouraging, but they're like, oh, you're doing what now? They'll wait until you've done it, and then be fascinated that you actually did it. Mine don't even remember. Uh, they were calling me for l- or breakfast on Sunday. You coming up for breakfast? No. Why? I'm at my show. Oh, it's like, yeah, I told him like three times, nobody remembers, you know? Yeah, well, I got... <laughs> Uh, they'll hear my, my music on the radio and go, how did you do that? Where does, where does that come from? Because my mother's tone deaf. Um, God love her. But she, she can't sing. You know, uh, even my kids when they were little go, Graham, don't, don't stop. Don't, I don't, don't sing me a lullaby. Just don't. <laughs> my father used to play some guitar when he was in high school. He was like, his nickname was Jet. So it was Jet Jackson. Nice. And, right? Talk about a, a cool name. Yeah. Uh, and he taught himself enough guitar to play Love Me Tender. Love, you know, the girls, woo! Love that. Because that was when, you know, Elvis, they, they were in school in the 50s. And uh, was that you? Yeah, it was. My phone was going oh. off here and something. Sorry about that. It's okay. But, um,. So, you know, music, I guess I got through him, but he's a guy who will buy a CD for one song but never bother to listen to the rest of the CD. Mm -hmm. I can't live that way. I'm like, no, if I buy a CD, that means I like these people enough that I'm going to wash myself in their entire catalog. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's part of my DNA and it's not for them. So they'll wait until after the fact and go, huh? Okay. Now, now you can tell me about everything that you've been doing, you know? Yeah. But whatever, I, you know, I, I, I don't know where it comes from, but I'm glad it's there. Yeah, I like, I'm very thankful for support that I get. I mean, there's people, some that I like, kind of like would expect some. You, you honestly don't get as much as you kind of would expect from people. It's like you, you hear nothing from them, and then you get the other ones who are like, they're always there for you, and you're ever so grateful for those people that are always there helping you out, doing whatever. I mean, like, you know, Big Mikey Samsel there, he's helped me out a bunch of times. He comes to the shows, he runs and gets me food. Yeah. You know, he gets me changed, things like that. I'm always, and I've got a couple, uh, I got him and another buddy, Kevin, they're going with me to Vermont. And it's always nice. I'm sitting at the table. They might talk to people. If I'm talking to somebody else, they'll interact with them yep. to keep them there. Just, you know, back and forth. It's, it's really, it's really nice that I've got people that'll, and, and at the same time, you said there's people who promise you the moon, but they just never deliver. Yeah. It's like, oh, I can't wait. What are you going to sell that? I want one. And it's like, oh, well, here it is. Here's the price. Uh, Cricket, and then you hear crickets. Now they don't even respond, it's just crickets. Or in my case, no, no, I'm coming to your show. Let me know when your show is. All right. Uh, three months from now, I have a gig. Oh, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. Two months from now, I'm just reminding you about that gig you said you'd be. Yeah, definitely. Okay, tomorrow night, don't forget. Yep, don't start without me. And they never <laughs> show up. Never show up. And it's, you know, the certain people like Cindy and I will just laugh because we're like, oh, are they coming? Yes, here they are. <laughs> and it could be a half hour before the show. On my way. Yeah. Lost. It's the same place it was last time. It's like, why do you push it to that extent? They're like so afraid to just say, I'm not coming. Yeah, I'm busy. I just yeah. feel like it. But I mean, it's not like, you know, hey, you you didn't come to my show, so I hate you forever. No. Yeah. I, it's like, I'm not saying it. You know what I say? Like, a lot of time to it is like, just share my picture, share my page. Tell somebody about it. You don't have to like it. You don't have to follow it all the time. You don't have to, and you certainly don't have to be blowing sunshine up my tuchus all the time. And you know, like I'm not looking for that kind of thing, but just that little bit once in a while, you get a couple extra eyes on it for me. That's it. That's it. That's, that's all I'm asking. That's fantastic that you did that for the rest of their life. That's all they have to do. So simple, and they will not do it. Well, they I, just refuse. I don't understand what the problem is. I would do it for them. Yeah. I've helped a lot of people. I try to. You know, anytime I share things, I try to point them in the direction of, hey, if you want something great, go talk to them. They do really good work. I do that a lot for people. Mm-hmm. And I, because I understand, I understand that you need that kind of stuff. You need somebody helping you out like that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I try to do. And so many just do not do it. And it's not hard. No, it isn't. It's nuts. It's something just simple. Like, yeah. it's, it's harder for you to not do it than to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I got certain people that come to our concerts all the time, and I mean all the time. Got uh, friends across the street, our neighbors. They would come to to show after show after show, and then the one time they, they couldn't make it, they, they're like, "I'm sorry, we can't. We, we just <laughs> can't make it." I said, "You are you it's are okay. beyond. You know, you you came to one show and stayed for one minute. That put you in my heaven book forever." Yeah. That you owe me nothing, but thank you for caring enough to feel bad that you're not showing up this time. And it's not like, you know, they're hearing our songs that they've heard a hundred times. I wouldn't blame them if they're like, let's take a break from them. Yeah. 
but they don't. But you get those that they're there all the time. They're there to help you out, and they they want you to succeed. They they feel good, you know. And those are really great people to have around. And I can't think of enough. One of the people online, Lori Dewar. Lori Dewar uh, is someone I met through uh, Facebook via Mike Nesmith's page. And she took a liking to me, you know, being a dad. But besides you know, being a musician and all, but she also would like my posts about the kids and all. Mm-hmm. And she has a radio show. Um that that I get played on, and she's very good to me. Well, she's like that. She'll she'll repost stuff. She'll like stuff. Uh, and I've never never met her in person. I'm dying to actually meet her in person. And it got to the point where, <laughs> she since she would like everything just for fun, I post on Facebook one time. I said, Lori Dewar likes this. <laughs> <laughs> and then she posted, I do. I'm like, I I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's always funny but um let me i'll let you go and uh we'll do this again sometime when you're free and you know talk about i want to hear about your your favorite superheroes and you know more fun stuff than than just going through the history and all but i wanted to make sure we got to mention co- coffee and beef sticks yep and the Darkstream Studios, and so you have to be careful the Darkstream Studios here. There were a couple of Irish people who I had a .com, darkstreamstudios.com. I had it for a while. Didn't have the money to renew it at that point. I left it go for like six months or something like that. Came back to get it. It was taken. Here they're like a web design company out of Ireland. And I'm like, come on. It's like, did you not Google the name? Like, if you Google Darkstream Studios, you will see my name come up in Google, like, in the top five or whatever. Like, a couple of things. I did that in the beginning to make sure I was not taking someone else's name, even if it is not, you know, nailed down with the .com. It's just simple. Why would you do that? Get a different name. So now I, like, have to be careful. I always try to, yeah, because there is, like, another Darkstream Studios on Facebook, but. Well, um, when did that happen? How long ago? Because I oh, it, was a, it was a couple of years now. It's been a while. actually. I'm, yeah, you saying that? I'm, it was so frustrating. I was like, I was gone for a couple months, and you swooped in and took it. So, yeah, I haven't even looked to see if they're still there or not. I have no idea, but so I, I still keep it. I've had it since I've been using it since like 1994. On it playfully at first, you know, just sort of like, oh, I'm a Darkstream Studios. Why not? But um. And I wanted to be Dark Light Studios. That was like my first choice. And there was a Dark Light something at that time. Yeah. So I'm like, well, no, then I can't use it because they're already, you know, they're going to get confused. I'm going to make up something close. But and I just came up with a name, and I just playfully used it, and it just sort of stuck. So I just kept using it. Hmm. So like Darkstream Studios is the main thing, and then Coffee and Bee Sticks is kind of like umbrellaed under it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and eventually, you know, if I make anything else, I'll just put them all underneath that. But Yep, that's how I have it now with um, Never Gets Old, because I'm like, well, I have the MacGyver podcast, but and I'm doing the comic strip, which is called Never Gets Old. So when they're looking for something to throw under the umbrella, then I guess that's what we'll call it. Yep, absolutely. And that's what I started doing. I'm like, why not? One of the people who, uh, I just want to throw this out for everybody, I felt bad when we were at the show. Remember when Mikey was walking around with the little girl? Yes. And she just, she liked him, and he was very kind. <laughs> you know, but but her dad and I had to walk behind them, 
And at one point, this guy, uh, the, the writer is maybe artist too, I guess. Isaiah Pugga, it was at one of the tables and he has a, an original comic book called Jagged. Mm-hmm. Uh, an original comic series by Isaiah Pugga. So there you go. Um, his Instagram is at J, Jaded Comics. Uh, I want to give him a shout out because he, he stopped me while we're trying to follow the kids. He's like, hey, would you be, you know, trying to sell me on his book? Hey, you want to take a look at my, here's a card. And he handed me the card. And, you interested? Here's my book. It's about a high schooler who's a serial killer. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it looks good. The artwork is really good. I said to him, I can't right now because I'm trying to follow my son, who's apparently on a mini date. I'll come back to you. <laughs> and I never got a chance to go back to him. I yeah, just, see, sometimes that just happens, too. And I don't want him to think I blew him off. Right. Uh, right. I, I sincerely meant to stop back, but, you know, you and I got talking. I talked to Chris <laughs> Ring, and by then they're kicking us out. Yeah. So I hope that that uh, little commercial for him will suffice. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Jagged is the name of his book. All right. Uh, I will talk to you later. All right. And I'll let you know when this posts, obviously. Sounds good. And yeah, well, I'll have you back on sometime when you're free to shoot the bull again. Yeah, that'll be fun. I like doing these. Yeah, I never did them. And I did that other one, and I really enjoyed it. And that was a live one, so that was a little more nerve-wracking. So. <laughs> yeah, in this, in this case, if something goes wrong, I could always just chop that out. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely let me know when if you know when you're going to be in town. Just send me a text and that way. Okay. Oh, I'm free. Yeah, let's meet here and we'll you know. Have yeah, a- that'll be cool. Yeah, I'm like I'm, I'm waiting. Uh, I have a, I had a job interview in Dallas actually. What and, job? Uh, it was um out. It's called Outsourcing USA Graphic Design. They do a lot of what I was doing at my other job. Okay. But um. I'm waiting for them. They, they I guess they had a large volume of people come in, so I'm praying that I got a spot. But uh, I won't know until Thursday. But if I do, you know, I'll be up that way, you know, in that vicinity oh, more. Nice. You know? Yeah, because yeah. I'm, I'm working in Dunmore in the um, industrial, the Keystone Industrial Park. Mm-hmm. So that's that's all in that same area. Yeah, yeah. It was a very nice place too. I was like, I was walking around, I was like, wow, this is really nice in here. I, like, I would sure. like to work here. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't even know what the work is, but I like this building. Oh, it was, it was polished hardwood floors and stonework tables. I was like, wow, this is like really nice. Yeah, that's, so I'm like a lot of the crappy places I've had to work. Yeah, well, we're 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 a nonprofit. Uh, well, it shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. But good luck. Right. Hey, thank you. Well, I'll talk to you later. All right, Ellen. I sent you a link to that uh, cl- the clandestine. That's what they're called. Okay. That uh, comedy. Yeah, check them out. They've actually got some really fun characters. I will. So it's a it's a good read. And I'll give you uh, my feedback. Okay. I'll talk to you. Later. All right. Later on. Bye. Music was provided by Harmony Constant. 
Subscribe to us on iTunes, YouTube, Facebook, and Stitcher.